For the month of November, the Fire and Water Podcast Network is sponsored by the wonderful all-ages graphic novel, The Only Living Girl. From David Gallagher and Steve Ellis, the award-winning team that brought you The Only Living Boy, comes this thrilling new action-adventure series, The Only Living Girl. Hi, my name is Andra. People call me Z. I was a normal girl. I loved science, my bear, and my dad. One day, tragedy struck. But that wasn't the end of my story. I awoke in a patchwork world filled with mermaid warriors, insect princesses, robots. A world created by my dad, who had become a mad scientist. Now I'm stuck in a world that doesn't trust me in a conflict with my father's creations. Luckily, I still have my friend Eric and my bear. I am the only living girl. The Only Living Girl, Volume 1, The Island at the Edge of Infinity is available now in both hardcover and paperback from Paper Cuts. Hey, hi, uh, I am Richard Donner, but you can call me Dick, and you're listening to Superman Movie Minute? Is that right? Did I do it right? another thrill-packed episode of Superman 2 Movie Minute, the show that scrutinizes, analyzes, and you'll believe a man can flyses, 1980s Superman 2, five minutes at a time. Proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Franklin, and joining me on this journey through time and space is... Rob Kelly. Hey, Rob, how's it going? I'm doing great, uh, although I have to say, Chris, after watching these five minutes, for some reason I'm in the mood for a Coke and a cigarette. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe some KFC? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I don't know. You know. It's all bad stuff for me. I really, I really have to go for a run after this episode because I'm just craving bad, bad stuff right now. <laughs> That's right. Product placement minute. This we should call this one. <laughs> uh, these minutes or this commercial, or uh, I mean, uh, which, <laughs> which are minutes 100 through 110, uh, begin with Superman. It's off. 105. 105. Wait a minute. Slow what? down, Chris. We're only doing five minutes here. Wait a minute. Oh, okay. 105. I'm what sorry. Yeah. Sorry. That's the next episode. Oh, I'm Slow sorry. Down. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, <laughs> secret, we're recording two minutes at a time, uh, two segments at a time. Uh, our minutes, which are 100 through 105, begin with Superman at Zod finally engaging in hand-to-hand combat on the roof of a car, and ends with Superman apparently leaving his adopted city with his cape between his legs. Ah, phony. Yeah. <laughs> Superman didn't do nothing. Uh <laughs> So Superman and Zod are on top of this lady's car, which we pointed out last time. She was worried who's going to pay for this. Uh, they've already cracked her. Superman's already cracked her windshield with his back. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and all this woman wanted to do was to enjoy some KFC. You know, I mean, uh, you know, I, you know, <laughs> life choices, I guess. Uh, mm. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they grapple a bit, uh, and then Zod shows he has no interest in playing fair. What do you think about Zod's move there, Rob, as, as they're grappling? 
It took me a bunch of times to notice that he does that, that he basically punches Superman right in the right in the store there. I didn't think it, it. I've seen this movie four billion times, but it's only been the last couple. Where I'm like, yeah, he really does do that, which 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 causes Superman to to fall over in pain. I'm like, what a jerk. Yeah, oh, like, it's, a, it's a sucker punch. I mean, it just yeah, it, it's uh, that they're 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 playing tiddlywinks and and <laughs> whatever they're doing <laughs> and and uh, now they're grappling with they're they're trying to basically immobilize each other's hands and then Zod gets one free, punches him in the gut, and then you know he. Throws Superman off into one of the more famous props of the film, which is what, Rob? This giant candy-colored Marlboro truck. <laughs> and uh, the, the red of the Marlboro is exactly the red of Superman's boots, so, of his costume. So when he flies right through it, it's just like, yeah, it could not be a bigger promotion for Marlboro. I mean, he just goes right through the sign. And then there's an extended scene of them in the truck, of Superman standing in the truck. He kicks Zod. Yep. And then, of course, the, the Marlboro logo is in the shot right after that, too. So this is an extended commercial, which is kind of amazing when you think that they would not want cigarettes in a children's movie. But here we are. Yeah, I, I can imagine. I, can you just imagine this was like a TV show in the 60s, like the Flintstones, where they actually, yeah. you know, Fred Barney took a break and like, you know, Zod and Superman stopped for a minute. It's like, hey, why do you want a cigarette or something? <laughs> Ooh, cool menthol flavor or something. You know? I, I, I find this refreshing. You know? like, OK, all right. Well, the funny thing was, is, you know, I think at the time, if I remember right, that cigarette commercials were already banned on TV. Yes. Yeah. It was the early seventies. Yeah. Because I don't remember them seeing them at all. And, and over in England, I don't know if you've ever seen these Rob, but there's some really cool animated Superman anti smoking PSA ads where it fights Nick (laughs) O'Teen. Yeah. (laughs) Where's his who's who listing. Exactly. Zoom. Get on that. Uh, So, so Nick O'Teen you know, Superman's fighting Nick O'Teen in England and over, of course, they shot this in England. So, oh, man, that's even worse. So <laughs> Superman's <laughs> promoting cigarettes while he's also talking against them on, on TV, on the BBC. <laughs> we'll take the money either way. It doesn't matter. That's right. Uh, so Zod leaps on Superman, who kicks him off. And I always think this shot should be a close up because there's that giant close up of this of him kicking in the Superman two treasury. Uh, of that of this very scene, so it always it always makes me think that that it's a tight shot of Superman's body, but it's not. It's like of the whole side of the truck, the very paper thin walls of the the truck yeah. that he went yeah. through. <laughs> so uh, Superman leaps from the truck, and while his enemy is down, he picks up Zod by one arm <laughs> and one leg, and just starts <laughs> spinning him around. And the people of Metropolis are eating this up. And it, I, I love this scene. I mean, it's so. I mean, is there anything more humiliating than this, Rob? I mean, that is. That's literally the word I have in my notes. I wrote here. It says twirling meant to humiliate Zod. That's what I have written right here. I mean, you could have done so many different things with Twad, Zod, Twad, Zod. By by twirling him, though, you are really making him look like, uh, you know, like a like an like an eight year old girl or something, and you're just playing with. So yeah, this is Superman is pissed. Yeah. And so he's like, okay, not I'm only gonna get a, a shot in. I'm gonna make Zod look like, uh, you know, the little little twerp that he is. So and they even have the the shot of the woman who's car um windshield is wrecked laughing yeah they they have a single of her laughing so it is clearly meant to do this which is just treat zod like just like a jerk which of course is exactly as the desired effect well you know i mean these you gotta figure these people 
have, you know, they, 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 they're unlike Superman. They've been aware of the fact that Zod has taken over the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and they've had to put up with this, hearing about this guy for the past week or whatever. And now Superman's handing him his ass right in front of him. So they, <laughs> they, they, they've got to be eating it up, you know. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's great. So Superman spins Zod around in a really great effect that holds up really well. And he flings him skyward. And where does he land, Rob? <laughs> <laughs> and to yet another product placement, uh, another red and white logo, this time Coca-Cola, which is the giant sign that you saw in Times Square. <clears throat> I mean, a Metropolis Square, I guess this is. And uh, Zod flies into it. And, of course, uh, there's this tons of sparks. It's a really remarkable effect. And then the, I love that uh, after he lands, first of all, the crowd starts clapping. And then they cut back to Superman. And there's just a, the slightest hint of self-satisfied smile yeah. on Superman's face. <laughs> It's kind of like, yeah, I got one in on him. That's right. Is it wrong that this is going off off the reservation a little bit, but I I, I thought about this for a while. I think I said this to Cindy one time, but you remember that bit? I forgot. It's in one of Eddie Murphy's stand-up movies he did. I don't know if it was Raw or the other one, Delirious or whatever it was, but where he talks about how Bill Cosby called him up and oh yeah, read him the riot act for using. You can't say filth, flour, and filth on stage in your show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So in your show. Yeah, yeah. So so he calls up Richard Pryor, and he's really down because he respects Bill Cosby. <clears throat> you know, poor poor Eddie uh, respects well, Bill Cosby. Well, you didn't. We didn't know. You know, we, I mean, we didn't know. He's on the wall of the Daily Planet, right? So uh, mm. in the, in Perry's office. So. So he uh, he calls up Richard Pryor, who will figure into the Superman movies later. Uh, oh, God, and, it's all uh, connected. <laughs> it's all connective tissue. Uh, he calls him, and uh, he's really down about it. And he says, and uh, because Bill Cosby was famously a spokesperson for Coca-Cola, he tells Eddie Murphy to tell Bill to have a Coke and a smile and shut the F up. And <laughs> I can't help but think Superman's saying, tell Zod to have a Coke and a smile and shut the F up. <laughs> I didn't would not have made that connection, but yeah, I enjoy it very much. Yeah, that is, yeah, I, I like you know the the iconography of Coca Cola. This is like you know shut up. I you have to wonder whether like Marlboro or Z- well, I mean, I guess the Coke sign was already in New York, so it was already a thing. Right. But it's sort of funny about like I would maybe I'm overthinking it, but that's what the show is about. I if I was Coca Cola, uh, or if I was a product, if I wanted to get my product into the movie, I would want my product associated with a moment where the villain gets it, not Superman getting it. Right. You know what I mean? So to me, Coke's uh, thing here is much more valuable that Zod is getting it rather than, I mean, of course it's a greater effect because there's lightning and there's crackling and all stuff. But to me, it's like, I would want the, I would want my product to be associated with the villain getting, you know, nailed, not Superman. Uh, But, you know, maybe that was what they, the Coke sign already existed. So maybe, that was already into the script or something, and then Marlboro came in afterwards. But to me, this is—if you're going to do this product placement, this is a fun way to do it because it's an—it's I, I, a piece of an icon, iconography, excuse me, that was already there, and now you get to using it to have this wonderful effect of Zod being thrown into it. It's—it's it's a great bit, great bit. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's—it it looks really spectacular too. It's a nice big explosion. I mean, it, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure a neon sign like that would explode that quite that much, but maybe. Jeez, it's, pub- it's in the public like that. I hope it doesn't explode. You know, concrete walls explode. Coke signs mm. explode. It's just everything's laced. Everything with- explodes. Yeah, everything. <laughs> 
everything's built like a pinto in the metropolis. Yeah, right, really. exactly. Uh, as the crowd is wowed and cheering, we briefly cut back to the Daily Planet building where a very relaxed and apparently bored Lex Luthor <laughs> says one of his more quotable lines, which is, I never thought this thing would go the distance, which... That's <laughs> <laughs> great. Hackman's just, Hackman's just enjoying the hell out of this. It, Hackman really just is. knows that he... Hackman just knows that no matter, despite the talent in this movie, despite Christopher Reeve being, you know, but to many people's standards, the best screen Superman, despite Terrence Stamp being there and Jackie Cooper being there and all these great actors being there and Margot Kidder being great in his, these films, it, 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 he he's still Gene Hackman and he can walk mm-hmm. into a scene and just kind of take it over, you know. So yep. so it's it's great, yeah. Um, uh, back in the street, a bus conveniently pulls up between Non and Ursa who quickly devises a scheme to exploit Superman's love for his adopted people. Uh, And we get some more ad placement here, this time for the musical Evita, uh, Don't Cry For Me, Metropolis. That's what I'm going to (laughs) say. Ads, ads, ads everywhere in this. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what, you know, it's what living in a city is for the most part. So it's realistic. I mean, it actually does make sense. I mean, it's at least, and I think because they are, you know, because it's not soda cola and not Big Belly Burger and things like right. that, because they can use the real names of things, it actually does kind of give it a certain amount of reality to all the yeah. the the craziness going on here. This, you know, so of course later on, a lot of that feeling of reality will be you know kind of shot in the in the foot with a, a bunch of gags. But we'll, we'll get to that later. So. Yeah, we'll get to that later. Yeah. <laughs> So Nan and Ursa lift the bust, and Superman's reaction has puzzled some people over the years, including my wife, because he seems to be smiling as he says, Mm. no, don't do it, the people, and actually cuts away when he says the people. But I don't know about you, Rob, but I always took it as he, Superman cannot believe that somebody, he's incredulous, he cannot believe that they would endanger you know, innocent people in such a sadistic way, they would even think about hurting them like this. So I don't know. That's, that's the, to me, that's what I've all, how I've always taken it. What about you? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I know that there, there are some people who, when they're in incredibly tense situations or nervous, they can laugh sometimes. Like, yeah. it's just, it's a weird, I think there's, I think that's even a, a like, a, a, there's some, a, something that going on in the Joker movie, I believe. I haven't seen that movie yet, but I think that's even, that's part of that. But, uh, but yeah, no, I've heard of that. There are people that, that do have that reaction at times where their face just starts to smile and they're not literally happy, but they're just so nervous or so tense. And I think that could be what's going on. But also, yeah, I, I think you're right, is that he is just, he, he's, I mean, I guess Superman is just like he keeps being surprised at the level of savagery that these people are willing to uh, participate in just to get at him and to throw an entire bus full of people. He just is like, wow, don't I mean, he knows that by telling them don't do it, the people he knows that they don't care about it. He knows that's not going to work. Yeah. That's not going to make them stop. But he just can't get over that because he's Superman. You know, he still has that part of him that's like, come on, why would you do that? So, yeah, I buy that that's exactly what it is. And I think the lesson you take really from the scene is don't use public transportation, everybody. Just don't. It's just, it's just a bad idea. Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the lesson I take from this scene. <laughs> well, if we see people actually climbing, trying to climb out of the doors and the windows of the bus. Yeah, yeah I, I yeah. mean, that, that kind of paints how – 
desperate these people are. I mean, you know, they, I mean, if you're in a bus and two superpowered people try to pick it up, I think, you know, I mean, you obviously know what they're going to do with it. So, uh, Superman's trying to figure out a way to save him. Uh, you know, he's looking around, he's, 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 he's really trying to process, okay, what do I do here? How do I stop them from hurling this bus? But he doesn't think quite fast enough because Zod flies in and actually orders him to throw it. And, uh, you know, they do, they throw the bus full of people at Superman. So, uh, have you seen the uh, making of the old making of special, on how they did this effect, Rob? No, I don't. I, I mean, I must have at some point, but I don't remember it. it. It's really interesting. I mean, they go into some detail on how, like, you know, they, you know, there's various different uh, things they do here, like miniatures. And, and like, I, I mean, I think when we see the bus, like, actually coming at Superman, it's like Christopher Reeve. It's like, it's all perspective. It's, it's you know, in-camera trickery that basically... Christopher Reeve is like standing in front of a miniature of a bus that's coming at him. And, and, uh, you know, the way they have like the, uh, Jack O'Halloran and, and Sarah Douglas are like holding her, uh, their, you know, they're basically holding their arms up and they, you know, the bus isn't obviously they're not really, even they're not even holding on to like a, a hollow <laughs> bus or something like that. It's really interesting. I haven't, I haven't watched it in a while, but I do remember it being, they specifically showed some of the the ways they did this, and it all works pretty well. I think this, I think this holds up pretty well. I think it's, I think they, you know, when the bus comes through the air, I think they cut away just in enough time that you don't notice that it's that it's a miniature. You know, it's not unfortunately like the little the little towns that got uh, the flood got destroyed. Yeah, yeah in the first <laughs> movie where we it was obviously a miniature. So they so they do a really good job here. I think I think this this effect holds up pretty well. Yeah, it's edited very well in that they cut from the inside to the inside of the bus, and you see all these people getting thrown over like they're on the bridge of the Enterprise, you know, all of a sudden, like, <laughs> pitch, pitching hard to the right or whatever, and then you cut back. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a well-constructed scene. It, it, it hides the, the special effect very well because it looks, it looks convincing. I mean, it just looks – it totally holds up. And then when you get that giant uh, bus flying across the road at the – you know, and then and, and, – the scene where uh, you see when the bus, when Superman extends his arms to stop the bus, we see that's Christopher Reeve. Yeah. Because he bends over at one point and he does a profile, and we can clearly see that that's Christopher Reeve. So, yes, obviously that's a giant sort of mixture of a prop and a, and a miniature and everything, but it, it holds up really, really well. Yeah, I mean, it really does. It, 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 it looks great. And Superman, he like you said, he catches the bus, he absorbs the worst of the impact, but it crashes him into the Marlboro truck. <laughs> and the building yeah. behind it. So the truck gets in there again. Uh, so Lois cries out in despair up in the in, up on the, whatever floor of the Daily Planet building she's in, puts her head in her hands. Meanwhile, Louine again seems happy about this. This chick is nuts, Rob. <laughs> yeah, we, we go from uh, – yeah, I, I mentioned in the previous episode that uh, Lois pushes Louine out of the movie, which of course is not correct because she's – She's in these scenes, but she doesn't have any lines. No. But yeah, we we now learn something about we're at Louise. She doesn't just like bad boys. She's kind of an active sadist. <laughs> I mean, you know, like she doesn't and you have to like you know, if we're gonna if we're gonna extend this further, like, is that she doesn't like Superman because she's jealous of Lois, because Lois is his, you know, mm-hmm. gives her every exclusive <laughs> So I mean, maybe there's that. I, yeah, Lu Louine is uh she's weird. She I don't know what she thinks. 
she's going to be able to to live uh, on Earth if Zod and the rest are running it. But yeah, she's 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 a weird girl. She's going to be a Zod groupie. I think that she is. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Uh, she's she's she's. Well, a she seems to like Nod. She's she's Nod is she's the big one, just as strong as Superman. So well, that's true. That's I think true. I think she likes I think she likes Nod. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So yeah. So that that. <laughs> Coming this fall to uh, the uh, DC Universe, uh, Nan and Louine, the sitcom, you know, yeah. romantic comedy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the crowds help the people on the bus out as they notice Superman hasn't emerged. Their worries soon turn to the grim realization that Superman is dead. And I mean, they, they even people are saying, Superman is dead, he's dead. Uh, angered over the loss of their champion, the Metropolitans bravely and stupidly begin to move in on the villains, grabbing anything they can find. And one of them knows some judo, so watch out. That's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like I like to see – it is silly because you're like, come on. But but again, it's I like it. I like the whole notion of, you know, these people aren't just kind of background characters that just stand there while there's all this crazy shit goes on. Like they actually try and participate. And, you know, they would kind of do that scene – a little bit in Spider-Man 2, you know, where Spider-Man gets injured by Doc Ock and, and the town kind of rallies around him. Mm-hmm. To, and they carry him when he uh, he stops the um, the subway car. Yeah. And they, they carry him over his shoulder. So it was a little bit to that. So I, I like this. I It's sort of funny, though, the crowd. Like, there's one guy in, like, a sailor suit, which is, like, they're all, like, different. I was, like, surprised it's, like, the village people here. There's going to be, like, a cop and, a, and an Indian <laughs> and a thing. But, I mean, you know, and one guy has a tennis racket. I'm not sure what he thinks he's going to accomplish with that. But I don't know. It's it's misguided, but but sweet. Yeah, the the one guy that kind of looks like Elliot Gould's like, let's get him. You know, he's like yeah. leading them into the <laughs> into the <laughs> into the fray. But yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. yeah I, all joking aside, I, I admire the people that you know they're trying. You know, that's like they're, they they probably know they're going to lose, but they might get some licks in on them. You know, that's yeah. that's basically what they're they're thinking. They they killed Superman. They've torn up their town, and and I, I but I, I think it's funny, of course. It's a little gag, you know, that the, the, you hear a little ADR of a guy going, I know some judo, you know, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's all sorts of little loops, uh, you know, dialogue in this movie. We've talked about it, but there's tons of it through here if you yeah. if you pay attention. So, uh, yeah, uh, the people approach the Kryptonians with any blunt object they could that could be a weapon, as you mentioned, tennis rackets, uh, pieces of road signs that they picked up and and the like. And. Then Zod responds with super breath, soon followed by Ursa and Nan, and they begin to blow the mob backwards. And this is where Richard Lester gives in to his inner comedian dying to get out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, at first it's like, you know, you see the people getting blown back, but then we see a lot of gags, Rob, a lot of gags. Right here to here. Yeah, I. I mean, I. I did have one th- other thought that, like, because this is a movie aimed for children, you know, Zod and the they, they kind of go easy on the crew here. I mean, they really could have just heat visioned them, mm. or or literally torn them all apart. But said they just blow them over, which is kind of gentle, really. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, they really could have done a lot of different things. But yeah, this is really the part where Richard Lester's inner freak flag flew, <laughs> uh, because now we've got the ice cream gag. We've got the uh, people coming out of uh, the, the f- fast food restaurant, and that stuff blows. We get the guy trying to make the phone call. You get the waitress. You forgot your change. And this is just an unending stream of these gags that maybe one or two would be funny, but then we get about seventy of them, and that's it's just yeah, like no, come on. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, the man in the sparkly red vest being blown backwards on his roller skates, I think yeah. that's that's the real button on the whole thing. You know, it's <laughs> it's like... Uh, and, and the well, maybe the guy, the guy in the phone booth, because we get we get two different people on phones. One guy's on the little small, like you know, payphone, uh, you know, the kind that uh, Clark looked at in the first movie that he couldn't change yes. in, and yeah. then uh, he's he gets blown away, and then this other guy's in a full phone booth that gets blown over. The booth is blown away, and apparently the phone cord's strong enough to hold on, and the guy is laughing his head off talking to somebody on this phone, oblivious to the fact that. The whole city's being blown away by, you know, uh, cyclonic winds. I mean, so it's, it's, yeah, it, <laughs> this yeah, is, this is Lester, you know, he's, he, this is his dry run for the opening of Superman three. Is pretty it? much. <laughs> I mean, you get the, you get the couple and the woman says, my, you know, blow mow my hair. And then the guy's wig, the guy's toupee flies off and he goes, your hair, what about mine? Yeah. And just. You know, you just knew that Richard Lester was in an ADR booth with all these people, and he's like, just keep doing it. You know, like, let's do this line. Let's do this line. And then there's the thing with the dogs blowing. Yeah. Uh, which I don't like because those dogs look genuinely kind of in distress. Like, yeah. I don't I don't like to see that because I just don't like it. But, yeah, the ultimate is the guy in the phone booth who just keeps talking and laughing. And you're like, what is this? Is he insane? I don't understand what's happening. Like, what? Like, Yeah. So I just – it's all too much. Yeah, it is. And, I mean, there are some legitimate non-humorous moments as well. Like there's cars flying through the air and explode. Yeah. they're exploding against various buildings. They're falling into potholes and exploding. Firefighters are being blown about as they try to extinguish the fire, the, the fires from before like we saw. And uh, we get the prepare to meet thy doom sign guy, of course. Yeah, Rorschach. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Rorschach's there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So yeah, it, you know, don't want to beat up on Lester too much, but yeah, this is this is the type of thing here that I mean, you know, we've had of, you know, the, the, these movies are they've got in, in Donner interjected his own humor, like we said, anything with Lex is, uh, you know, is is Donner because you know, uh, Hackman never worked for he didn't come back for uh, for Don, uh, for Lester, so anything that that Hackman's in Donner film, but so I mean, he injected humor into it obviously too, but this is. This is, I think, at least where modern audiences go, yeah, bridge too far, you know. Yeah. Um, it's slapstick. It goes into slapstick. Yeah, and, and the James Bond movies were doing the same thing around this time, mm-hmm. you know. They were, mm-hmm. they had, uh, where they always had a certain, a little bit of humor here and there, they had gotten into this just really silly, silly stuff, you know, where Bond's like, you know, does a Tarzan yell as he's swinging through the trees and things like that, so. Yeah, there's there's a James Bond movie that has a pigeon double take, for God's sake, so, Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, yeah. Uh, while this is going on, Superman pulls himself atop the bus and observes his city in ruins. He doesn't speak a word, but through Christopher Reeves' expert acting, he conveys that Superman knows the only way to save his city is to flee for now. Uh, I really love these moments of, of Reeve on top of the bus because you can just you can just watch him. He's so frustrated. He's like, but he, he realizes what he's got to do, but he's so... He, he hates it. He hates what he's going to have to do. He's going to have to abandon the city and make it look like he's not going to fight for him just to save him. And it, mm-hmm. he conveys that all with no dialogue, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> just as, just as basically how he's holding his, his, his mouth and, and, and the gritted, his gritted teeth and his, and the way he holds his head. And he, he, he sighs a few times and he's breathing hard from where he just got, you know, crushed by a bus uh, into a building, 
and uh, and and uh, then he then he flies away, uh, and uh, so that's the that's how these uh, these minutes come to an end. And uh, I mean, this is uh, you know minus the uh, the slapstick. I, these are some in, in the ads, uh, <laughs> which which don't really hurt anything really. But uh, no. these are some some fun minutes. What do you think? I think it's great. Yeah, I agree with you. The whole scene of Christopher Reeve, I keep saying Christopher Reeve, of, of Superman as he's just surveying what's going on. You're right. Without any dialogue, uh, he is, you can tell, he's you know he's thinking it through. This is, a, this is a Superman that's kind of just for a moment, and, and we've talked, you've talked about this in, in other podcasts that you've done, and we've talked about it on, I think, this show occasionally. But, I mean, like, post The Dark Knight Returns, you know, DC has always sort of written Superman as like the dummy compared to Batman. Yeah. You know, Batman's the brilliant tactician and Superman's the kind of brute force that lumbers into things and getting. And no, that's never what Superman was. Superman's a smart guy. And so I like that we have that here that he thinks about it and he's thinking, OK, yeah, I'm going to take a hit in the short term. The, the crowd is going to hate me. And but uh, I got to get out of here because this is going to destroy this. I'll never be able to stop these three. And I like it. It's Superman, the tactician. I, I like that a- aspect of the character a lot. And I'm glad that they did that here. Yeah, me too. Exactly. Well said. Yeah. So that's all for these minutes uh, that we have for you. But be sure to check out the other fine shows on our network at fireandwaterpodcast.com, including several Rob and myself hosts. We won't get into them, but there's plenty. And Rob keeps adding more. Well, you do have a new one. What's your new show coming up, Rob? <laughs> I do. I do. For All Mankind, a Super Friends podcast, which was a read-through show about the classic DC comic book Super Friends uh, series. So I will that show will be debuting relatively soon here on fireandwaterpodcast.com. Yeah, I love I love the Super Friends comic. I'm so glad you're doing that because I mean, when I was a kid, I loved that comic. I still love it now. I love, uh, I mean, uh, E. Nelson Bridwell was a freaking genius of of, oh, yeah. <laughs> of making. I, I mean, obviously a huge Superman fan, the huge Superman historian, and he man, he could he could integrate DC lore into any story, any situation in that comic, and he usually did. And mm-hmm. it's a mm-hmm. whole, whole lot of fun. It's a, it's a very fun series. I'm really looking forward to that show. So, Thank you. I'm looking forward to doing it. Yeah. Uh, if you'd like to support the network financially and help us pay our server fees and such so we can continue to bring you more content and Rob can do more shows. Uh, <laughs> I sound like PBS. Uh, you can click on the Patreon link on our page or go to Patreon slash patreon.com slash fwpodcast. We'd love to read your comments on Superman 2 over at fireandwaterpodcast.com, and you can leave us a review in iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever they're calling it this week. If you feel froggy about that, that'd be great. Thanks, as always, to Pete the Retailer and Alex Robinson for welcoming us into the Movies by Minute family allowing us to use their format. Be sure to check out all the great movie shows at moviesbyminute.com. And join our never-ending battle here next week on Superman 2 Movie Minute as the adventure continues. Bye. Bye. Good afternoon, Mr. President. Sorry I've been away so long. I won't let you down again.